Uh, I wanted to talk to you this morning about hearing God. How many people are interested in hearing God? Well, I believe we're in a new era. I wanted to tell you that. You know, uh, there's lots of signs in the natural that tell us that. For instance, this week, uh, Nelson Mandela passed away. That's a, a, a marker. Um, there's a, I read this morning where, uh, what's Billy Graham's son's name? Franklin said Billy is not doing well. You know, he was in the hospital a month ago with respiratory problems, and he says his health continues to deteriorate. And, you know, all my life there's been Billy Graham. And uh, his, his uh, days, like all of our days, are numbered, but he seems to be coming to an end. And I was thinking about him this morning, thinking about actually how bad of a person I used to be. My sister's watching him on television and praying at, at the altar calling me, mocking them for praying. <laughs> you know, I've come a long ways, baby, right? <laughs> yeah, amen. But he's, you know, he... I'm just saying I believe the Lord is wanting to ring in a new time for us. And I'm here to tell you that. I've seen that uh, in the spirit realm that he's saying that we need to declare this. We're in a new new time. We're in a new day. We're in a new era. And we need to begin to to live like that. And consequently, it's um, <clears throat> we need to be able to hear the Lord today and not assume what God did is what God's doing. Amen? And allow the Lord to speak to us in the way He desires to speak to us. One of the things the Lord showed me, actually there's a lot, you know, the Hanukkah, how many people celebrated Hanukkah? Raise your hand. I mean, whether you literally celebrate or celebrate it in your heart, but it's really a powerful time this year because the Lord was really opening up the the heavenly realm uh, during Hanukkah. I was getting a lot of stuff from the Lord more than normal and I just uh, entreated the Lord to let that continue so I've been and and so far it has been continuing and so I think we're in a time where God really wants to speak to people and reveal things to people on lots of levels Uh, I think he wants to speak to people about your heart condition okay and things in you that are not necessarily that need some help how many people know they need some help in their heart one of, yeah, one of the things the Lord showed me uh, was I had some anger in my heart against two people that I had no clue that I had any anger against them until the Lord showed me. And then when He showed me, I realized it was down there. I had It was so buried that I couldn't. But once I realized it, I, and I knew the Lord was asking me to to let Him get that get that out of me. That's, that's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. And another thing the Lord showed me was... Uh, this is really good for everybody if you want to receive this. There's a, you know, in the Bible in Ephesians 6 is the famous scriptures about the armor of God. And it's really just awesome. And one of the things I saw was uh, uh, I was standing there and I had this armor on me that looked like armor that you would imagine in your mind that people wear back in ancient times. And my daddy, who's not been here for a long, long time, was there taking that armor off of me and putting some new armor on me. And the armor that I was being equipped with was like the most modern armor there is. 
Um, I've never seen any armor like that. It wasn't like metal armor like old people, soldiers of old, but it was like the armor that a most highly equipped soldier would have now. Uh, and he was dressing me in this new armor. And I believe we need a, a refreshing in the armor of the Lord. Uh, and I believe the Lord's saying that he wants to put that armor on you and equip you for this day, for the things that we're going to be facing in this new era. In other words, your old armor needs an upgrade. Okay? And God wants to upgrade it. And, you know, I'm, I love, you know, soldiers and stuff. And, I mean, some of this armor was awesome. I mean, it was like form-fitting to my body instead of big and bulky. It was form-fitting. In other words, it would enable you to really be flexible and, and movable. But one thing the Lord showed me in that, He brought out the point that we're in the Scripture. It says, take up the shield of faith. <clears throat> it says, above all, take up. It doesn't mean the shield of faith is above all the armor, but it, the shield of faith is what allows our armor to work. But it is something we had to take up. Okay, it's not necessarily something. That was not what my daddy, my heavenly daddy, was putting on me. He was, he was asking me to take up the shield of faith. Okay, and that's really how the shield of faith works is you're going to have to take it up. God the Father will dress you in His armor, but you're going to have to take up the shield of faith. And it's really important for us to take up the shield of faith and to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so it's really important that we do that right now. This is a time for you to do that. because that's, Are you all tracking on this? So I believe what I want to do is just pray for you right now. That If you want to receive this, lift your hands up if you want to receive this. This is a receiving. Okay, Father, I just pray for everybody whose hands living because you want to equip everybody with what you have, Lord. What the latest revelations, the latest understandings of what you have. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just release that to every person whose hand is raised in this room. Right now, Lord, you begin to release that new armor. They'd be fully equipped for everything that you've called them to do, Lord. I, I bless them with it in Jesus' name. Amen. The other thing I saw that was really important was this is it's really important, you know, momentum is important, right? You know, once you get moving on something, when an object gets to moving, you know, it can really go. Um, But if you try to get ahead too fast right now, that's going to be a mistake for you because there's things in front of us See, some of you are anxious about your calling, about what God has to do, and you're, you're trying to get into that thing, okay? But what you don't see is in front of you, there's some stuff that's going to happen. And if you get too fast right now, you're going to come up on this stuff that's happening. It's going to be like an accident, and you're going to lose your momentum, okay? And you're going to come to a standstill, And if you'll stay at the speed that God has for you now, by the time you get there, that'll be out of the way. It won't bother you. And you you will have momentum. And you you will keep going. And you will get where you need to go a lot faster than you trying to get there yourself right now. In fact, you can... It's like an accident. There's an accident. There's accidents in front of us that we can't see right now. And God doesn't want us in the accidents. And part of what will get you in that accident is you shifting into the other lane and trying to get somewhere. Some of you don't have the spiritual power right now to get there. Okay? You don't, you're, you're, in other words, your car is not powerful enough to get there and it's going to cause you problems. Or, or, do you all follow this? 
Now, this is really important. I'm telling you. Do what? Well, actually, we were moving. We we had momentum, but I just saw, and I saw the loss of momentum. And it would be like you know, being a bicycler, and you were had this, and you had this momentum going down this hill where you can get up this other hill, but you couldn't get up the other hill because you lost your momentum going down the hill because you tried to go too fast. Y'all, does that make sense? And so, the, and the Lord's really trying to help us right now, and to let Him, you know, go at the speed that He's given you. Ooh. Mercy, Lord, y'all okay? All righty, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh yeah. The one, huh? What was that? Too late. Oh, yeah, thank you. You can answer for me, right? <laughs> there was one more, one more thing I wanted to show you that's, that's really important right now is God is marking people's foreheads right now. Okay, now that comes right out of the Bible, Ezekiel 9.4, Revelation 9.4, and Revelation 7, 2 through 3. And what I saw in, in, in the forehead, what does the forehead represent? Your thoughts. And see, some of your, you know, God put a, a mark, and the mark was the cross. Okay? That, that's what I saw him do. I saw him put a mark. He took and literally took and painted a black cross on my forehead. Okay? And that has to do with your thinking. And some of, you know, what God was saying, he, you know, your, your thoughts need to be crucified. Okay? If you're going to think the thoughts of Christ, your thoughts have to be crucified. And he was showing me some thinking that I had that was not crucified. And the, the thing that he showed me in this, the other thing that he showed me in this was when, when, he showed, when he marked my head, I was like a Native American brave. Y'all know what a brave is? And the Lord was saying, for you... This is for the brave. This is for the courageous. If you're willing to allow me to mark your head, if you're willing to mark for me to mark your thoughts, it's going to take some courage on your parts to live out those thoughts. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of people have taken all that stuff in Revelations, you know, the 144,000, all that crazy stuff, and, you know, oh, I, you know, and disqualified them. So I don't really get all that myself. I mean, if they were only 144,000, I would be part of it, right? I mean, it's like one person said, I'm gonna, if there's only two, the two witnesses, I'm one of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't disqualify yourself from anything that God has. Let the Lord, I want you to, if you want to receive that mark, raise your hand, because that was really the Lord. The Lord wants to mark your forehead right now. Father, we just ask you, here's your braves in here, these brave people. I just pray that you would put that mark on their foreheads and that you begin to crucify these carnal thoughts, these bad thoughts, this bad theology, bad doctrine, Lord, lustful thoughts, you know, perversion, sexual immorality, greed, okay, hatred, disappointment, jealousy, what do they call it when you're trying to get something? You're trying to get something. Covetedness. You're coveting something. Let the Lord mark all that with the cross. Let the cross do its work in you. You know, 
I want to say this. The Lord has more for you than you're thinking He does. Your pitiful efforts of trying to get something is keeping God from giving you something greater. Okay? That's what the Scripture says, that He would do above and beyond what we could ask or think. So what are, we, what are we really going after today? The Lord's saying, that's really not good enough. I have something more for you, but you need to be able to let go of that thing. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That's the Lord. Amen. Let me read this Acts now. Yeah. So the Lord's really speaking right now. Okay? He's really revealing stuff right now. And if you'll just open yourself up to Him and ask Him to. And the way it started with me was, you know, through, through this Hanukkah time, I knew the Lord wanted to speak is he first started dealing, like I said, he showed me some things in me that he wanted to deal with. Oh, I'll tell you this one. Y'all will love this, okay? Well, you know how some women are. You know, you can't look at your computer and talk to them at the same time. Like you can't do two things at once. And so I constantly had this, (laughs) you know, so you had this situation going on where your wife wants to talk to you, and you are talking to her, giving her your full attention, but... You might be sending somebody else a text in the middle of it, right? And they get all mad at you, okay? And you have this argument, and you're forbidden to have your laptop downstairs, okay? So there's all these family problems happen over this, numerous times. So this is what happened to me. So I asked the Lord the first night of Hanukkah, I woke up and I heard this voice, and this is what the voice says. Some people like you to give them 100% of your attention when you're talking to them. And some people are fine with you at multitasking when you're talking to them. Always apply the golden rule when you're talking to people. And you know what the golden rule is? Do unto others as... Right. In other words, whatever... Speaks their heart. You speak their heart that way. So if your wife is a person who loves to be communicated to while you're multitasking, you should multitask. (laughs) But if they happen to be like my wife who demands 150% and more attention, just put your stuff down. And give them your 100% even though you may be hating everything they're saying and bored with the conversation. But God is telling you, give them the golden rule. That was the first thing he told me on Hanukkah. I'm serious. Isn't the Lord good, Becky? <laughs> it has created less arguments. Ooh, the Lord is good, isn't He? All right, let me read this. This is really good. I wanted to really talk to you about hearing the Lord because in this new time, God is going to be speaking to people. And we have a paradox in the Christian life. The paradox is this. We all believe it's necessary for us to hear from God. We all believe that, right? We believe that God wants to talk to us and it's necessary in our lives for us to hear from God. But the paradox is this. When it comes to the reality, to the practice of hearing God and making choices and making decisions, it's a challenge. I don't care who you are. The most seasoned Christians I know 
ask the question, how am I going to know this is the Lord? How can I be sure that God is speaking to me? Do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, try to make a big decision that, re- that you know you need the Lord on. Well, God really wants to help us to know His voice and to hear His voice and be able to make these right decisions in this time because you can't do much about the decisions you've made yesterday, but you can do something about the decisions going forward. Amen? So I want to read this little story here. I'm going to read Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. It says, this is Paul on his second missionary journey. Pretty powerful stuff. Uh, it says that, you know, they'd gone through this place, and, and then it says something amazing. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. Their whole thing was to go out and preach the Word. That was their mission. That was their calling. That was their journey. But the Holy Spirit somehow was forbidden them. Okay? And after they had come to Misa, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Don't y'all find that to be interesting? Uh, you know, so it didn't tell us anything else. It didn't tell us how the Holy Spirit did that. It just left it. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let them do something. Wouldn't let them do something good. And so, you know, the question is, is what was the Holy Spirit doing? How did Paul know that was the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought that? How did he really know the Holy Spirit? You know, because it, it didn't tell us. Well, I wanted to read this little thing somebody sent about one of the articles uh, about the Holy Spirit. This is what they said I, I thought was pretty good, really. He says, Your article is typical of many books I have read. Everyone talks about doing what the Holy Spirit says, but you do not state how you know it is the voice of God. I have yet to read any book or article that can lay that out. It is easy to say, the Lord told me to leave this or do that, and I was blessed down the road because of it. Anyone who can present a way one can actually know the voice they are hearing is from God, not man or Satan, would change the world. That's probably why the world hasn't changed. Now, I thought, man, that's pretty, pretty insightful, you know, that this person was writing about hearing the voice of God and how if a, if a person, any person who's really hearing the voice of God themselves, how much impact they can have on the world. And if that person who's hearing the voice of God knows how to hear the voice of God, really knows how to hear and can tell everybody else how to do the same thing, then we could change the world. That's what that person was saying. Okay? Do y'all follow that? And so, you know, we have this dilemma about hearing the voice of God. Even though what the person said was insightful, it's inherently wrong. Okay? There's an inherent wrongness in it. Okay, um, and the inherent wrongness is this, is there's not a formula for hearing the voice of God. You can't really, in the end, at the end of the day, you can't give people a formula in one, two, three, on this is how you hear the voice of God. I wish you, there was. You know, I really wish there was. 
But there, I'm going to tell you right up front, there's really not. There's really no form. Here's the main thing. It's, it's a relationship with God. That's, that's when it all boils down in, in the end of the day, is how close you are to God about knowing His voice. That's the thing that's going to determine. And I believe with Paul, that was really what determined for him that he, was, he knew the Holy Spirit. He had a relationship with this person. So he knew the feelings of this person. No matter how he communicated it to him, he knew it was him. Somehow. At least he knew 50-50. <laughs> so, all right, let me go on from there. That was, that's really great. I gave you a great message. There's no answer. But there is some answers. Now, there are four voices that are competing. Everybody in this room, there's four voices. One, there's God's voice. Then there's number two, there is your voice. What you want, your desires, what your heart's saying. And number three, there's the voice of the world, what the world is constantly saying. And number four, there's the voice of the devil. You know, so you've got those four voices that you're trying to discern which one of them in the middle of it is God because you don't want to just hear what your voice is saying and your dog, dog sure don't want to necessarily hear what the world's saying and for sure you don't want to hear what the devil's saying, right? So you're trying to discern which one of those voices is really the Lord. You know, especially when you're making a huge decision. You really don't want to miss the Lord on it. So you really are, are saying, Lord, I've got to hear you on this deal. I know what my, I want. I know what I feel, you know. And then you've got these other voices that are shouting at you. Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. Let me read this John 10, 4 through 5 right quick. It says, When he brings, his out, his, brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep will follow him. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So the Bible tells us we can know his voice. It, okay, it tells us that. It doesn't tell us to the degree that we can know his voice, but it does say that it's within reach to know and to be able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And yet they will by no means follow a stranger. The stranger is your voice. The stranger is the voice of the world. The stranger is the voice of the devil. That's the voices, the strangers. That's the, what we have to begin to realize. There are those, even your own desires, your own hearts, can be a stranger to you. It can lead you astray. You can be led astray by your own desires. You surely can be, because I have surely been there. We all can. That's the human thing. That's why we need the Lord to put that mark on our minds. And crucify our thoughts so His thoughts can come forth. And so, I think we need to learn how to flee from the stranger. We, you know, to flee from those voices. All right, here's what Hebrews 5.14 says. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, it's saying to us that you can begin to learn how to discern the voice of the Lord by what? By exercising, by practice, by doing it, okay? By just putting yourself in that situation and begin to walk out the Christian life and begin to make decisions and choices based on what you believe that the Lord's saying to you. And sometimes you're going to find out that you miss the Lord. Sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision. You're going to make the wrong choices. There's no way to have a relationship with a person and not have situations and miss things. 
You can't do it. If you're looking to have this thing perfect, you'll never do it. You know? It's really what, you know, I've told, you know, everybody who gets up and does ministry, I always tell them, there's a 50-50 chance you're going to miss the Lord when you get up there. When you get up there, you're taking a risk. That you feel like the Lord's saying something. Maybe He is, maybe He's not. You know? And you know, the Lord's kind of funny. Uh... Sometimes you can get up and say something that's really the Lord and the Lord doesn't bless it. And 10 minutes later, somebody can get up and say the exact same thing you just said and God's all over it and everybody in the room is captured by something God just did. You know, I mean, that's happened to me. I mean, I, I got up, I felt like, dying. I thought that was the Lord. I believe that was the Lord. In fact, I still believe it, but I don't know. Maybe it was just out of time or maybe God just wanted to use somebody else. To really do something, do that, to release that. You, you hear what I'm saying? So we're always going to be at that, at, at that risk with God in our lives in making choices. You'll never be 100% sure. I don't believe. I just don't. I've not gotten there. I'm never 100% sure. It's always an act of faith. It's always trusting that I'm doing the right thing. Well, the good news is this, Psalm 37, 23 through. I'm trying to help you. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Though he fall, though we make a mistake, though we make a wrong choice, though we make wrong decisions and do a bunch of crazy stuff that cost us a lot of bad, you know, heartaches, he shall not be utterly cast down. You should stand up and cheer. You should stand up and cheer that God has promised you. You may mess it all up. You may marry the wrong person even. But God is saying, He will get in that situation. And the people of God need to know that we have a God like that. That He's a God that will come into your life when you screw it up. That's not a bad word, is it? Some people might think it is, but I don't know. To me it's not. But whenever you mess up, God can get into your situation. Because he said he would. He will not allow you to be utterly cast down. He will help you. The Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord will reach his hand out to you and say, I'll help you. I'll help you. Put your hand in my hand. I'll help you. And a lot of people live in regret. And a lot of people get stuck. And they get disappointed because they thought they heard the Lord and they didn't or something happened. And so the next time around, they're out of the game. You know, because they've allowed a miss in their life or some problems in life to keep them out of the game. You know, and their Christian life becomes an empty life. Their life, well, it's a life of salvation, but sooner or later the joy of just having your sins forgiven, believe it or not, gets old if you're living in captivity. You can be forgiven but still live in captivity in your life because you didn't keep going on with the Lord. And you only have one or two choices with God. You're either going to be free or not free. You've got to keep, you see what I'm saying? And if there's people in this room, you got hurt, you got wounded, you missed the Lord, and you want to just go. And as one foot basketball coach was saying to his team recently, you're pouting. Pouting. You're pouting. They were getting beat. I'm tired of the pouting in here. Get out. Get out there and play some ball. Just because you're getting beat. That's what we got to do. Am I yelling, bothering you? (laughs) 
But I think that's the way we are as Christians. We start pouting, you know, we miss the Lord, all, you know, all this calamity's coming alive, we act and all messed up, and we're pouting. And the Lord said, what are you pouting about? Well, I missed you. Well, so what? You know what the Lord told me? He said, there's no messes in me. That's what He told me. There's no messes in me. There's no messes in the kingdom. Just give it to me. Give all your mistakes to me. I'll take care of them. I'll fix them for you. And that's really the truth. And some of you need to get up again because you've quit. You've quit in your hearts. You've stopped. And God's saying that ain't the way that works. You've got to keep, you've got to keep going on with Him. Are you all okay? Yeah. Oh, mercy, Lord. All right, here's one of the ways. I'm going to tell you a few good ways here. I, this is what I think happens. Uh, one, here's one way that God speaks that I know for a fact is God, and you can, I can guarantee you on this one. It's loss of peace on the inside. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I think we've said this a million times. Let the peace of Christ umpire. That's what that word rule means, literally umpire. It's like an umpire. You're safe, you're not safe. You're safe, you're not safe. Let me just say this. If you do not obey the peace, you will be sorry. Because I have made two big mistakes in my life where I did not obey the peace and it really hurt me. Okay? It really hurt me. God fixed it all, but it hurt me. And I, He let it hurt me because He wanted to teach me the importance of living by peace. Is never, no matter how good it is, no matter what, every, and see, in both situations in my life, everybody that I respected, everybody that I believe knew the Lord was saying, that's the right thing. But something in me was saying, that is not the right thing. It was telling me that's not the right thing. And I went ahead and listened to their voice instead of the voice in me. And it hurt me. So you've got to really let the peace of God rule. Let Him be the umpire. That's the final safety net, I believe. And you've got to get in touch with that peace. You've got to let that, hear that peace. You'll know it. Here's the way the peace works. You may not be conscious of it until you begin to violate it. That's when you start realizing it. Something inside of you, you know, like maybe I don't feel no peace. I don't feel the peace. Oh, you really do. Trust me. You start violating, you'll know. That peace will start lifting. Listen to what's inside of you. Now, that's not a get-your-own-way thing. That's listening to something in you. It's, it's, it's a small little voice, a small little thing, but you'll know it. Are you okay? Yeah. All right, let me read the rest of the story. Good. Thank you, Doug. Mm. And, you know, this is going back to Paul's little story. The Holy Spirit forbids them to do, you know, doing this stuff. And, and I think it, it could have been. They were headed over and, and Paul lost his peace. Like, I don't know why. I can't explain it. But I just can't do this. That could have very been the thing that he felt when he felt forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Just a simple little thing like that. And so passing by Misa, they came to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A vision in the night. A man of Macedonia stood pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay. That's another way that God speaks to us is through the prophetic. Okay? I think the prophetic is really important. Alrighty? Because Paul's making a big decision here about preaching the gospel through a dream. Okay? And so God reveals information through dreams. 
And it's really important for us to really esteem the prophetic. I don't care what anybody says about it. I don't care about your bad experience on it. That doesn't matter because this is what the Bible says. Let's put it that First Thessalonians, okay? Don't quench, literally do not quench the Spirit's fire. And then it says, this is how you quench the Spirit's fire. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good. Test all things, but hold fast what is good. Don't despise prophecies. If you're going to be around the prophetic, not just in word only, but in practice, you're going to have a day of wanting to despise it. Okay? I promise you, you will. I don't know anybody who's not been, lived, been in the prophetic move that hadn't came to that day like, I hate prophecy. I'll never listen to another prophecy. And you know what it is? It's because you're putting yourself at risk by listening to prophetic words. But it's crazy because here's the crazy thing is we don't really, we don't really get this prophetic thing. I just want to say this. The man in the dream never showed up in the Bible. If you read the rest of the story, that man that Paul dreamed about, they were saying, come over here. They never found that man as far as we know. That man never appeared. So people take a lot of stuff and they want to literally apply it in a certain way. Are y'all following this? And it's not meant to be like that. Paul didn't go looking for that man and when he didn't find him, well, I must have missed the Lord. That was a wrong dream. You know? And so that, we've got to get, you know, over that part of it. Because I think a lot of people get stumbled on this. You get a word from somebody and you try to formulate it all the way down and, and it doesn't work. It really doesn't. So let me go back up and read some more, okay? That's the second way. Peace, second way. All right. So now after... He had seen the vision immediately. We sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to whatever that is. Huh? Something. If you say so. I fell out of the English in the third grade and never could get back in it. I don't know how I graduated from college, honestly. They test kids for, forget it. <laughs> it's, it's a mistake. So they went there, and then they went to Neapolis the next day. And from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of, Ma- of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. So they got there, and they were hanging out there trying to you know, get, their, get their barons. And, and on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayers were customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. And a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And so, like I say, the man never showed. They went. So here's the third thing is, this is the question I have. How did they know to go there? Right? How do, they need to, how do they need to go to this place? Okay? Did they just like get up and like, well, let's just go because we don't have anything else to do? You, you know what I'm saying? Mind of Christ. That's what I think. Mind of Christ. I think God gives us thoughts. We may not 
consciously aware, oh, that was a thought from God that we need to go down. Because they didn't say, God said go down there. They just said, we just got up and we went down there because there's going to be some people down there. Some people have called it a holy hunch. You know? But let me read this uh, Proverbs 6, 3. And it says this. I'm going to read this in the Amplified, right? Yes, I'm going to read it in the Amplified. This, it says, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. That's pretty good, right? But listen to this. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to Him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. And see, I think that's what Paul was doing right there. They had rolled their works, what they were doing. They had totally committed to the Lord. And the Lord caused their thoughts to become agreeable. And they thought, let's just go down there. And the Lord said, exactly. It wasn't figuring this thing out. Just go down there. Are y'all getting this? And see, this will help you in your life where you... Where you can, if you just do that part of committing what you're doing to the Lord and really giving it to Him as heart, you can be assured that the God will begin to release His thoughts to you about it, whether you realize they're from Him or you just there was a thought that came to you like that's it. God, I think this is extremely important following the Lord because we're we're faced with a multitude of decisions every day of our life. Many times we do not have time to stop and pray or fast for three weeks. We have to make a decision right then about what we're doing. And if we will continue keeping rolling our works, our life upon the Lord, He will cause these decisions and these thoughts to be agreeable to Him. And you'll just do what He said to do. I think it's awesome. It frees. It's a freeing revelation to know that God can begin to give you thoughts as you're going about His business, going about the business of your life. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right, it's about out of time. I was going to tell you the other ones right quick. Number four, I don't know if these numbers are right, actually. It's Scripture, obviously. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 70, all Scripture is good for instruction. So if you're not in the Bible as a Christian, let me just say this. If you're not in the Bible as a Christian, you're going to have a hard time hearing the Lord a lot. Okay? Now, that's the truth. God, the Scriptures are part of the Christian life. And so, if you will give yourself to reading the Word, God will give you grace to read the Word. And God will begin to speak to you through the Word. And if you can't read, put it on a CD. Now, I want to tell you this. This is not 100% because there's people in the world who don't have the Scripture. Okay? They have an excuse, and God meets them where they're at. But you and I, we got more Bibles then we we'll, I got more Bibles right here than I ever had in my entire life put together. You know, so we've got access to the Word. You hear that? The other one is godly counsel because it said that after we had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia. I don't believe Paul got up and said, well, I had this dream, this is what we got to do. I believe he said, you know what, this is what I feel like the Lord's saying, what do you guys think? We decided to go. You know, the Bible tells us in counsel... Well, 
Where there's counsel, the people, where there's no counsel, the people fall, Proverbs eleven fourteen. But in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. People who don't listen to counsel make mistakes. God puts people in your life to speak into your life. Many times they may say stuff that's contrary to what you want to hear, but don't be foolish and not hear them. Okay? And there's people, you know, I'm not saying just listen to anybody, but I'm just saying that God uses godly people to speak into our life counsel, and we need to really listen to the people that God puts in our life, what they're saying, because if you don't, you, you can miss the voice of the Lord. All right, another one is confirmation. Out of, two, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That's Matthew 18, 16. Um, it's really important sometimes, especially like in the family, you know, it's, it's bad when one person dominates the other person and makes all the decisions and not allows the other spouse to help in making directions. You know, like moving, or we're going to go to another church, or we're going to, I'm going to change jobs, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and that spouse has no input to that. That's just ridiculous. I mean, if you're doing that, man, if you're a guy doing that, you need a whipping. I mean, honestly, you need a whipping for it. God just doesn't appreciate that. That's, that's abusive. That's misuse of your priesthood as a, as a, as a man. It's just misuse and abusive. And you need to go to your spouse today and tell them you're sorry and let's figure out how to do this where we can work as a team. I'm serious. And the same thing... <laughs> the same thing has to do with you're involved in ministry and, you, and, and God's gathered other people around you. He's gathered them for a reason. Right. You know, He's gathered them so you can begin to hear His heart in ways that you can't hear it yourself. And the last one I wanted to say has to do with circumstances and timing. And I didn't give him this scripture, but I wanted to read it to you. I think this is really important when it comes to making decisions. Here's a situation with Paul with 2 Corinthians 2, 11-13. He says, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. A door was opened to me by the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit. God had opened the door, but he didn't feel peace. Now, does that make sense to you? God opened a door. Paul says, I don't feel peace about this. That seems contrary to me. Okay, because I did not find Titus. There was a person there he was looking for. But taking my leave of them, I de departed from Macedonia. Let me just tell you this. This is important. Everybody in this room get this. If you don't get anything, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Now that is the truth if I've ever told it. You might be in a position where you can do a lot of things, but that doesn't mean you should do it. Paul right here had an opportunity to preach the gospel that, uh, in a door that God opened to him and he would not go through it. Okay? Because there's time into things with God. And we have to learn how to pay attention. Just because we have opportunity doesn't mean we should do it. Okay? We've really got to learn this one because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble by getting involved in stuff that God really didn't want you to get involved with that right then, maybe down the road. And so, you know, that's the best leaders there are is, is right there. Here's an opportunity. You know what? I just don't feel any rest in me about this. Something's, something's off about this. I'm not going to do it. That's a person who's really following the Lord and not just following doors, opportunities, situations. He's got something greater at work in his life. I think that's, I think that's the key. Because there's a lot of opportunities 
you know, that we could go through. There's lots of doors we could go through that I believe are really could be could be awesome, but they're not necessarily the Lord. And so I hope this helped you. Like I said, it, I don't think it, it's not a formula. There's no formula with the Lord. The, the formula with the Lord is a relationship with Him and being close to the Lord and loving the Lord and submitting yourself to the Lord. And when things seem contradictory in your life, if you're close to the Lord, it's, it's, it's okay. You know? The main thing is, do you have a real relationship with the Lord? Are you really close to the Lord? Are you really That's how you really hear the Lord. And I was, you know, just thinking this morning earlier, actually saying that, you know, Becky can say two or three words, and it says a world to me. She could say the same two or three words to you, and it would say it would be two or three words. But because I know her, I know what's behind those words. That's why it speaks a world to me. She can give me a look, and I'll know what she's trying to say to me. You know? Now, she might give you that look, and you might think, the. You see, that's how God wants us to be with Him. He wants to get the point when His eyes just cast upon you. And all of this, I believe, really is within our reach. Okay? And I think, this is what I want to tell you. I think we really are in a new era. And I think it's important. I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of mistakes following the Lord. A lot of mistakes. And, and some of them have hurt me pretty bad. You know, being costly on lots of levels. And the Lord is, is a redeemer. He's a restorer. He really does that. But I would just assume not have to go through some things. I don't know about you, but I just like, you know what? I don't want to have to go through no hard. I, I've done, 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 done hard trouble stuff on that. I, I, I want to make my life as easy as I can by obeying the Lord and doing what the Lord wants me to do and hearing the Lord. And so I want to encourage you that we're in a time to hear the Lord anew in your life. Okay, and don't assume that God's going to operate in your life the way He did in the last season. Don't assume that. Give Him an opportunity to speak to you differently. Give Him an opportunity to act differently towards you. And when you begin to do that, you'll find the Lord. You'll find His voice. You'll find what He's got to say to you. You know, I was. I'll tell you this one other thing. I'm going to stop. Is I was noticing recently in the church here. You know, we've had this manifestation of the Holy Spirit River. But I noticed recently, like, you know what? I'm not really getting the river. But I am getting the wind. Okay? In other words, the Holy Spirit is manifesting Himself a little bit different in this season. If I try to always go back to how He manifested Himself yesteryear, I'm missing Him. He's going to never quit being the Holy Spirit River. Okay? But when he's coming like a wind, get your sails up. That's, that's what you do. Like, oh, there's a wind now. He's, he's trying to direct us. He's trying to propel us forward. Get your, that's what you do. You, start, you adjust yourself to what he's doing. You pay attention to it. If you are sitting here trying to have a river experience and, he, and he's wanting you to have a wind experience, you're missing the Lord. And see, God wants to, uh, to teach us these things where we're, we're in tune with what He's doing, not just in tune with what He did. And we're in the season now, the new time now, and it's an opportunity for you to get something new from God. It's a real opportunity. And so a new opportunity to hear Him afresh. There's a grace for it. 
to hear God. There's a grace for dreams. There's a grace for revelations. There's a grace to read the Scripture and Him say something to you. It's there. I think it's, it's totally flowing. And He wants you to, to be able to, to have that. Amen? Amen. So won't you stand up? Stand up and let's just ask the Lord to give us that. (laughs) Amen. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think what? I think... I think a daddy who has children, young people in his family, and maybe there was a breakdown or something, a breakdown in communications, I think what he would want more than anything else is that he would want to draw those people near to him. To draw a family near to him, you know, and that's what I feel the father's heart is. Is uh, everything I said, you know, just in the, in the end, we could just throw it all out the door if we could just draw it near to the Lord Himself, yeah. you know, because when we draw near to Him, all this stuff becomes. And I, I believe in teaching and all that because the Bible says to do it. And it helps us, it equips us, it trains us. helps us navigate life better. But at the end of the day, if I'm not close to the Lord, none of it matters. None of it. None of it matters. And that's what I feel the Father wanting to do in this time. is I, I really feel Him saying, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to understand how it works. I want you to understand how it worked with Jesus and Paul and Peter. But more than anything else, I just want to pull you really close to me. I want to pull you close to my heart. And when you you get there, all of a sudden, all of this becomes apparent. It just becomes like part of you. And you begin to live it. And that's what I feel Him saying today is that He is saying, My heart is open to you. And my desire is is to draw my family close to me. Draw them close. And so, Father, that's what we want to do. That's my response to to this morning, Lord, and to my life, Lord, recently, is I say, Lord, we want to draw near to you. And this is the opportunity this morning for you to draw near to God. The Bible says, this is what it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You know what that means? It doesn't mean that God's going to walk closer to you because God is all over you right now. It means God is going to manifest Himself to you. He's going to reveal Himself to you. That's how God draws near to us is He opens it up so we can know the nearness of God in our lives. But He does ask us to make a step. Like, Lord, I'm making a step to draw near to you today. Nearer than I ever have been. Like a child going to his father and saying, Father, God, I've gotten so far from you. I've thought bad things about you. I've gotten messed up. But I want to draw near. And that father just opens his emotions and opens his heart.
to that child and something happens. You know, something wonderful happens. And so that's what I feel the Lord's saying to us. That He's come to us like a father. Calling His children like, come near. Come near to me. Make a decision to step towards me. And you'll find me. You'll find my heart open to you. My feelings. Anybody feel that this morning? They feel like the Lord's trying to draw them. You know, maybe one person does. Yeah. <laughs> Two people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you would like to come up here and respond to the Lord, Jen. We can get the ministry team to pray for you. But I think it's important that we respond. And even if you don't need somebody to pray for you, maybe if you just want to make a step forward, that you're going to just step forward. You know, and, and by saying to the Lord, Lord, I am, I am here before you this morning, Lord, saying, Jesus, Daddy, I want you. I want to be close to you. I want to hear your heartbeat. I want to hear your voice. I want all of that. I want that. And so I'm making myself available this morning to come near to you and be able to touch your Father's heart and let your Father's heart really touch me in a significant way in my heart. If, if you feel that, would you just... I'm just asking you, would you make a step of faith towards the Lord this morning? Step up here right now, okay, if you feel that. Just step up here and say, Lord, here I come. Here I come, Lord. I'm, and I'm believing something's going to happen for me, Lord. Because something is going to happen for you. Something's going to happen for you when you do that. God will meet you. Like I say, if you're not necessarily looking for prayer, just step over here and step over to the side or something. Lord, we thank you this morning for, for your favor upon us, Lord. And Lord, I pray you'd bless every person that came this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You can you know, be dismissed.